Hello and welcome to Data Busters Podcast, the podcast for all things school data. So everyone's back in schools and everything has returned to, well, whatever passes as normal at the moment. And with a new term come a whole host of new opportunities, especially when it comes to generating, collating, analysing and acting on data. Here at Data Busters, we're looking forward to helping schools to become data proof. And in this episode, we'll be continuing our focus on the early years and looking at what data busters need to know now. I'm Richard Selfridge, author of Data Busting for Schools, and joining me as always is Jamie Pembroke, data buster extraordinaire, insight facilitator, and all-round data guru. Hello, Jamie. New year, new term. Um, I hope that everything is well with you. Um, looking forward to seeing how everything is. Let's just have a quick catch-up on what's been happening in schools and find out what's been going on. Firstly, though, are you well? Uh, yes, that's a blessing. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Um, still working at home, but uh, looking forward, um, petrol and diesel permitting, um, getting out and actually um, seeing some people uh, doing some talks and things this term. So, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yes, um, a similar kind of thing at time of recording. We're obviously in the middle of petrol things. May still be going on when you hear this, but yep. uh, at the moment, yeah. But I'm, I've been out and about. I've been um, out to a couple of schools and I'm back in another school this week um, doing various things. And it's been really fascinating to see what's just what's going on. We've got various things that are just beginning to happen. So the, the last episode, obviously, we were talking about the reception baseline assessment, um, which has been a long time in development. Mm. But that's finally actually happening in schools and, uh, and seems to yeah. be people are getting on with it. Well, I think so. Um, well, I mean, they have to get on with it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a statutory thing so, now, exactly. Uh, I mean, well, like it's kind of statutory, out. except that the children are not in statutory education, as parents keep pointing out. Well, yeah, I mean, so, so I yeah. guess you could, uh, you, you could not have your child in school. But yeah. if they're in school, then, yeah. you know, they're going to, I guess, you know, they're going to be doing this assessment. What's been quite interesting, it, being in the world of Twitter, and I know that Twitter is not, you know, life uh, in general. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, it, but anyway, is that there hasn't been a huge amount of noise about it. Yep, true. Which I, true. I, 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 so I guess that people are just getting on with it. Um, mm. There have been rumblings about it that, uh, it, you know, it is taking quite a bit of time. But I haven't seen a really, you know, there's not been a huge amount of noise about it. So I've spoken to heads uh, and generally speaking, they're just getting on with it and something they have to do. And I think that... Um, General feeding is, uh, but yeah. you know, but we'll do it. Obviously, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's... But it's not, it's not mm. great. It's not terrible. It's mm. there you go. Exactly. I think other things are um, front of mind in school because, um, of course, um, you and I were at uh, Research Ed. Your first yeah. time. I've been before. Yeah, 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 we were yeah, talking with various yeah. people, listening to various people. But I think there were, there were loads of things I took from it. But one of the things was um, Becky Allen and Ben White, and uh, they were discussing. Um, just, you know, the effects of policy, but also unintentional effects of policy in schools and mm. that whole idea of, uh, of these different waves that have crashed across education, the data wave, which obviously we've had to deal with in the 2010s, yeah. which we're, we're you know, helping schools to come out of that at the moment, yeah. hopefully. Um, but discussing the curriculum wave at the moment, and that seems to be the thing that's occupying so many schools because yeah. it's just taking up a lot of time, you know, and effort. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. But then I guess uh, anything else that takes up a lot of time mm. is not going to be very popular. So uh, well, we'll see as time goes on. But uh, mm. but it, the, 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 the reception baseline does mm. take yeah. a lot of time. And, mm. and I, I, what's interesting about it is that there are 
it, it's framed in different ways, but it's not supposed to be a um, an assessment for teaching and learning. It doesn't provide you with a great deal of information. Schools schools will not, as we've discussed before, won't receive the scores from this, but they receive some narrative statements, which I gather are pretty vague, so not particularly useful. So I, I, the, 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 well, inevitably, schools are going to be doing their own kind of baselining against their own sort of checklists. Um, and making their own professional judgments uh, in addition to this, which is a bit of a shame. But I have heard some people say, well, I've gained quite a lot from sitting with the children for 15 minutes, one to one. And then there are other people who say, no, it doesn't tell me anything I didn't already know. So there is a line drawn there and, you know, sort of sides are being taken maybe, but not a great deal of noise. I, 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 I'm going to be interested to hear what people, once it's all done, what people thought. I think so. And I think, you know, as we've said, our basic message is for people to say, you know, just do it, get on with it. You know, you enjoy the time with the children, but don't try to anticipate too much what no. what data might come out of it, because because you don't know what the weightings are for the different um, items in the assessment. No. No. So, you know, get on with it and, and minimise and move on. So hopefully people will do that because there's plenty of other things that are also affecting schools. You know, we've got every I say there is sort of a new normal ish, particularly in England, where we've got... Um, children in schools um, not wearing masks um, I've just been up in Scotland and in Scotland um, people are still wearing masks in school mm. and so on so this mm. we don't quite know what's going to happen with Covid in you know <laughs> in the future but certainly in the next mm. few months mm. we've got all the issues to do with uh, say you know but people not going to be able to get petrol to get to school you know if, if oh, teachers gosh, can't get yeah. to school that's a big thing but you know there's all those sort of Brexity type shocks and as much as we talk about the different things that are affecting you know oil prices and gas prices and so on that and just the general sense of unease in the world so yeah. the good thing about that is we can focus now on um, on some things which we do know about um about um data and I say particularly the area around the early years which is what we're going to look at um yeah today yeah, so yeah. in the last episode of the podcast uh, podcast we looked at the reception baseline assessment this episode yep. we're going to focus on the period just before that and after the beginning of the reception year so we're going to look at yep. developing matters and yep. the early years foundation stage, which we're going to refer to as the EYFS um, and the EYFS profile. Um, so in terms of all of that, um, this podcast, we're going to have a look at these things. Next podcast, we're going mm. to follow up um, with um, what's actually happening, what the big changes have been recently. So if you look at development matters as it has been, for example, what do data busters need to know about? data development matters um, right well so oh this is <laughs> i'm aware i'm acutely aware that, that this is going to go over two podcasts because we've got a guest in the next one we're going to talk about in a bit um but really what i want to talk about was not development matters uh it's not for my place to talk about that you know what how it works because that's not no. what i know about it's not my area of expertise it's about the data uh, yeah. that arises from assessment in early years, just like in key stage one and key stage two and what have you, we talk about data. So uh, develop matters is not a statutory framework, but schools choose to follow develop matters um, when they are assessing the development of children in early years. And develop matters gives uh, you a, a pretty strong idea. It gives um, sort of examples of sort of typical development in all these sort of key areas. Uh, right. So that's been redrafted. And schools are using, uh, looking at the, the new development matters framework for for, uh, for for tracking purposes. And this is where the problem. Right. So the problem always is is progress and tracking progress. Mm. And I think that everyone I've ever spoken to would say that development matters was never intended to be used as a tracking document. 
It was never supposed to be seen as a checklist. In fact, I've got here the old Development Matters Framework. It says on the bottom of nearly every single page, children develop at their own rates and in their own ways. The Development Matters statements, of which there are many, uh, uh, and their order should not be taken as necessary steps for individual children. They should not be used as checklists. The age stage bands overlap because they are not fixed age boundaries, but suggest a typical range of development. So it's all about sort of typicality and here are some things you might see. But if you don't see them, that's not necessarily any cause for alarm. Uh, children don't develop through these stages. They're not stages, they're not steps. It's not a progress document. It's not progression guidance. OK, it's very broad. It's a broad framework. Anyway, so it states that on every single page. Yet, unfortunately, as you are no doubt aware and many people listening will be aware, it, it absolutely did become um, it did did get used in that it way. It became a huge problem. And so so yes. and there's a number of things here, aren't there? Because because it's not statutory. No. But, but if you're not going to use it, you really have to have you've got to be able to be very clear to anybody who asks you what you are doing and that Absolutely. whatever you're doing is better than. So effectively, um, if you're teaching children, if you're if you're in the, yeah. in the position where you're educating children who are uh, you know, under yeah. the age of um, reception, basically, you kind of are following. So that's true. And then the, the, there were the initial document, as you say, there were lots of um, pretty good guidance in there. But yeah. that, of course, then gets distorted because we had this yeah. data wave that came through and then you had all the issues with Ofsted yeah. um, and the expected progress. And we've still got this lag on that. So that's clearly been a lot of the issue, which I know that you've dealt with pretty um, acutely. Just talking to schools, how do we manage this? We were in this situation where people wanted progress and you've tried to you know, um, fit that onto the Development Matters um, uh, framework. Yeah, so... Um, the, the, the kind of the checklist approach has become sort of endemic and and in, in, in key stage one and key stage two. It, and, and remember, this is pretty much a primary thing. Secondary schools like secondary teachers look at checklists of learning objectives or whatever you want to call statements. And they, you do what? what? Why would you do that? You know, <laughs> everyone hated APP. Right. APP was only really supposed to be used for like borderline children, you know, sort of uh, to try and sort of differentiate children a bit. So, it is, but now we've kind of re, reinvented it in digital form and, we, and schools are doing it for every single child. We've got local authorities that are prescribing this sort of approaches, either in tracking systems or in spreadsheets. And, and it's like it's become like I, I think it, it, you you become so entrenched in a way of working that you can't see beyond it. And when you say you don't need to do that, you go, well, of course you do. You go, Why? Well, because progress. I've got to show the progress. Oh, that's that's I've got to show the progress. So now reading, writing a maths in key stage one or key stage two. You could be tracking uh, 20 statements. I'm going to tick these off. They're very broad statements. So you take them off. And we talked about this before. And you end up with like 30 statements or whatever. Now, start multiplying that up by the number of times per year you're going to check on those statements and the number of children, and the number of subjects. And it starts to multiply up to hundreds and thousands. Now, early years with the old framework, it was broken down into uh, early learning goals. There are 17 goals um, in the foundation stage profile. And. The old development framework was, was sort of constructed to build towards that. So it, it mapped to those goals uh, and it was broken down by those 17. And each of them had statements for each of the age bands. And the age bands are like, was it 16, 22? Um, mm -hmm. I can never remember. The 30 to 50, 40 to 60 were the ones that most people were tracking. And they were 22 to 36 yep. months. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so each of those. Now, I worked out for one school with the number of goals they have times by the number of statements times by the, the number of children in the class times by the number of. Because remember, you're pretty much tracking all of these all of the time. 
You're, mm. you're, you're not just looking at reading, writing, and maths. You're looking at personal, social, emotional, physical development, um, knowledge and understanding of the world and the creative, all, all that stuff. It, it added up to something like 45,600 records that the teacher would actually have to record across the year. Of course, mm. no one's going to do that. Mm. But, but no, no one actually has to do that. But schools do it, you know, and, and I, I mean, I've, I've known of head teachers that have thought, yeah, this is crazy. I've had head teachers say I've tried to minimize it and I've met resistance and I meet resistance as well. I say, don't do you don't need to do that. And, and it actually says it on here. This is not a checklist. Don't use this as a checklist. It's not me saying it, you know, but I, I just. Look at it and this has become right. recognized, hasn't it? I mean, it, it, again, over the last couple of years, because of you know, lots of work, lots of people looking at it and, and just observing what's happening in schools saying, OK, You've, you've because again this obsession that we had with with progress that, that people ended up feeling that they had to do yes. this kind of yes. thing and yes. feeling that there was some need um, and uh, everything had to be tracked because again working in schools again I've uh, always been surprised at how many you know particularly in the last five six years um, schools have used all kinds of different bits of software and um, and support um, services so that they can take photographs of children doing things yeah. so that they can prove and yeah. evidence things and yeah. and and it spends it's spending huge amounts of time. And then those things are evidenced against um, either, say, the developmental framework for the earlier for the younger children, and then as they come into the early years um, foundation stage, then tracking against that. And again, schools, because obviously you'll have lots of experience of what um, what the what schools have been doing and and what the criticism has been that's caused because we've got now a number of changes to development matters haven't we? And, yeah. Um, so so hmm. as I said, the old development matters framework was broken hmm. down into those seventeen goals, hmm. and yet these sort of um, the sort of characteristics or stages of development you'd expect broken down to these age bands for all these 17 goals. Um, now, in the new foundation stage profile, there are still 17 goals. They're different. They've changed a bit, um, but, but there's still 17. Now, the new, uh, the new um, development matters doesn't break down to goal level. It just breaks down to the areas. These are sort of seven prime specific areas. So rather than 17 sort of subdivision it's got these seven areas and it's got these sort of broad um sort of examples of development and the, you know these sort of things for each of and and the age band so before as i said we had like 22 36 30 50 40 60 and the younger ones which i can never remember um so you've got more you had more age bands and you had more goals and you had the 17 goals and you had it's just hundreds of statements so the new one it's they've got three age bands zero to three birth to three three to four and reception so four to five and then the statements are broken down to area level now sadly what schools have done and julian will talk about this uh, when we when we speak to him um they've broken down the goals into sorry they broke down the areas statements into the, the finer goal level because they want to carry on tracking at goal level because they want to map to the eventual foundation stage profile and they've they've subdivided the bands and okay, it's so that's... exactly what happened before the bands right. were 30 to 50 40 60 mm. they deliberately overlapped they overlap 30 to uh, 30 to 50 and 40 to 60 mm. they overlap don't they by a lot mm. yeah there's like a 10 month whatever overlap there and they were inevitably broken down because progress got to measure progress into sub levels 30 to 50 emerging developing skewer 40 to 60 emerging developing skewer and everyone ignored the overlap pretended that 40 to 60 emerging was higher than 30 to 50 secure and they pretended that it was higher and was worth an extra point and that children made four or five points of pro and it was that whole kind of mysterious kind of illusion around progress that we had with sub levels and sub sub levels and 2b pluses exactly the same thing 
levels were removed from the national curriculum, but people carried on essentially using levels, and they certainly did in, in early years. And I think they're about to have their, this is their early, uh, this is their, their end of levels, their assessment about levels kind of moment, really. But mm. sadly, I'm coming up against schools that, one, they want statements for every goal, hundreds of them, mm. for tracking purposes, and they want to break down the age bands into emerging development skills. So you've got zero to three emerging development skills, three to four emerging development skills, and four to five emerging. That was a school, you know, asked for that recently. Well, three to four high and four to five low is four. Hmm. So they overlap by like yeah. a year. Yeah. And almost the, 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 de the development of Development Matters and, um, and how that maps into EYFS was trying to, to um, because you say the statements are in there in the documents to say, don't try, you just don't start trying to map it in the way that you did in a levels way. Don't think that this is linear progress, that it goes from no. step one to step two, step, step three. So again, I guess our message from as data busters is to say, you know, there, you've got a lot of support um, from the powers that be who don't want you to recreate some kind of levelly type situation because that will just end up being a huge amount of workload. It's not going to tell you a great deal. It's not going to help the children. So, well, yeah. So uh, the powers that be, um, we've had a number of workload um, documents, workload reviews, 2016, Becky mm -hmm. Allen's Making Data Work, um, 2018, the, um, the new Education Inspection uh, Framework, uh, 2019, mm -hmm. uh, not going to look at internal data, you know, who are you generating this data for? But even then, even then, schools are still recreating um, uh, these, these sort of tracking approaches to early years. And, and data collection in early years now is far greater than any other area. So far greater than in Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2 and, and in secondary, they're collecting more data. There are more, more areas, more, more goals if you're breaking it down to that so sort of 17 uh, um, areas, 17 goals, um, and you're subdividing. Um, so when it comes to the powers that be, it's not Ofsted. It's not the DFE. Um, so it's either internal kind of, it's inertia or a resistance to change internally, but, but you, you don't need to do it. What yeah. it should be is if, 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 if teachers know, and those working with children early years know this framework in and out, mm. then they just use that to guide their judgment of children and they know if those children are you know typical for their age or, or not or above or whatever you know and you can make a broad if you have a tracking system then you can make that broad judgment about children being sort of below at above and and that should be sufficient for like therefore they're on track to meet gld and that's probably all senior leaders and governors or whatever you would need to know is who's on track to meet gld or not mm. you don't really need more than that we certainly don't need all this broken down to this sort of level Excellent. And so I think that's really clear for, again, for those listening who are you know, wondering about, well, what should we do? We've got these, these, these new documents coming through and these new frameworks um, or revisions to the frameworks is to, is to say, actually, have a really good look at what you're doing, trying to figure out. Now, obviously, in early years, um, we have to use um, teacher assessment and you should know about biases in teacher assessment and so on. You should, um, uh, but you should try and minimize that, try and make sure that you are actually, you know, come up with a system that, that's, a, that's time efficient, that's effective, that really just allows you to, to identify those children where, who, for whom you might want to make some additional or put some additional support yes. in place um, uh, and think about um, how you might do that, but to try and minimize what you do. And as you, you've said, so we've got, um, 
in our follow-up to this podcast, um, we are going to interview and have on Dr. Julian Grenier, um, who lots of people will know is... Um, He's a head teacher in um, East London at Sheringham Nursery yeah. School Children's Centre in Newham. Um, and he led on the revision of the Development Matters Framework. He did. Um, so we've been talking to him and he, he's going to come and talk to us. And he'll just give us a bit more as to, you know, as to where he is and, and why um, things have changed. And it'll be really interesting to see what, what he is doing and what he's seeing and what, what he would like to see um, schools do with this new framework, particularly because, you know, we need to, we, we need some information, we need to track some data, but just yeah. how we do that in future. So it'll be fascinating to see what, uh, what Julian has to say. I, 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 I've been saying this for a while now, that, that, that progress measures and this, this addiction to measuring progress, that it's very hard to wean off when we've been told like progress is everything. And mm. it is, you know, but is. the problem mm. is, what even is progress? You know, if you can't define what it is, you think about earliest particularly how much age their relative mm. ages affects their development so and, and that's exactly you know that, that what i just i quoted that from the old development children develop at their own rates in their own ways and everyone recognizes that but then you go but here is a linear expected rate of progress that they go through these eight sub age bands in this rate no they don't they don't um, but when you are deep 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 in this thing progress measures break assessment they mm. broke levels they broke p scales and they, they break things like this, these sort of, this Develop Matters framework. And Birth to Five is another framework that schools have given, but with, which has got the ranges. Range, people are subdividing the Birth to Five mm. ranges into emerging, developing, secure, or low, middle, high, or whatever, or minus equals plus. They, mm. they break them. Yeah. So the minute you go, I'm going to use this to measure progress, the game is lost. You've broken it. That's exactly. not its purpose. No, exactly. And we've, got, and we've be really got to stop this. It'll be interesting to hear from people, uh, you know, if you're listening and if you've got any questions, then you, you know, get in touch with Jamie or me or you can send us something, um, uh, um, any messages via um, Anchor, because we'd love to hear what, what, what you've been doing, any questions that you've got to say. So in the next episode, we'll have a, a good conversation uh, with Julian, see how things go from there. Um, and thinking about as we move on, then, Jamie, because um, we've obviously we've been working hard for the last year or so on uh, on data proof your school, which is yes. this book that we've written, which is due out in January. Yes. Um, really looking forward to seeing people's reaction to that. Uh, it's lots of stuff that we've road tested with a whole bunch of schools just yeah. saying, how do you how do you make what you're doing more efficient, more effective? Really looking forward to that coming out. And we're also going to come out with we're on tour. Data Bus is on tour. Got the first I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. So we've got one planned for um, uh, Bristol. Yep. Uh, 19th of yep, November. 19th of November. 19th, yep, exactly. Friday, 19th of November. Um, so uh, tickets are available at a very reasonable price for a whole day <laughs> with me and Richard um, on, on Eventbrite. And you can find that link um, on the Insight website um, <laughs> and on the SIGPLUS website. But anyway, tweet me if you want, if you can't find it. <laughs> um, so we're going to do that. And we're going to get out and about. I'm going to organise more of those. I think we're talking about organising one in Oldham with Andrew Percival. Yeah, which Oldham. I'm super excited about. Couple of things looking at in Yorkshire and so on, but again, if yep. you, and if you want us to come anywhere near you, let us know because our aim with data buses is to get out of the big cities if we can. There's lots of things that happen in London and Manchester and Birmingham, and we we'll happily come to those places. But actually, it's really useful when we get out to you know Boston and Lincolnshire. Yeah, or we that was our out first one. Peterborough, that was great. exactly. I really yeah, enjoyed exactly. that. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's nice to so go to these. Those will be up and going. Places that aren't big cities. Absolutely. And, you know, because, again, and it's really fascinating to see how that goes. So hopefully we'll get out and see um, people there um, and we'll uh, get out and visit you. Let us know, because, again, I think it's that thing at the moment. Um, 
and I really love Becky Allen's formulation that this is a wave that we've come the end of, hopefully we're coming through the end of the data wave. But again, you could, I know that from, and you know, through all the discussions we have, schools are still trying to just hone what they're doing, trying to make sensible decisions about what they do as they move forward. And I say it's something which we've spent a huge amount of time thinking about, and it's really good to see lots of schools, um, organizations taking on board things and, and I say, just maximizing efficiency and actually, you know, acting on the data which they have rather than just collecting loads of stuff sticking it in a big spreadsheet that nobody ever looks at actually doing something with it and supporting those children who need help yeah i think what yeah. worries me and we talked about this at research ed um mm. that that I, you you asked me like what are my feelings about what's going on in schools now and and i i had this fear that it would get worse because learning loss learning loss we've got to track everything because of learning loss and we've got to track everything that moves. And if it doesn't move, I'm going to track it till it damn well does. Right. Uh, or, you know, maybe, maybe people have spent this last 18 months, two years thinking, oh, we don't need to do that anymore. And, it, and they would stop and it would be this kind of nirvana and everything would, would get better. And actually what's happened, and I say it's like the traffic. Uh, was, oh, yeah, but after everyone will be riding bicycles and it will all be groovy. You go, no, they're not. It's just gone back to normal. And I think that's what's happened. People have just gone back to doing what they were doing before. Those that were already... Uh, set on their way to reducing workload, reducing tracking and data collection and what have you, just carried on doing it. And those mm. that were tracking every single statement for every single early learning goal or across early years and then all through all the subjects, they just carried on doing it. Data Busters podcast is published every month during the academic year and it's available on all good podcast outlets. If you like what we're doing, then please recommend us to others, leave a review. Um, if you've got any questions, feel friend free to send in a voice recording or contact us on Twitter. Um, I'm at Data Busting. Uh, Jamie, you're at Jay Pembroke. Um, so, Jamie, anything else at the moment that's, that's on your horizon? Are you obviously keeping busy with everything? Uh, there's been a few things that we've been spotting in schools. Uh, yeah, yeah. So obviously preparing for us with data busters and writing courses and, and what have you. But uh, yeah, the big thing that came to my attention today and I was not aware of is uh, uh, there won't be uh, apparently there will not be performance tables published for um, uh, primary schools this year. Uh, it was um, buried in the bottom of a, 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 a friend of mine called me today and said, have you seen this? And I had not. Um, it was it looked like it was originally published in this kind of COVID recovery document back in July, 21st of July. And then 27th September, they guidance, which I tweeted about today. Um, there will be performance tables published for secondary. So key stage four GCSE results, but not for primary. But but the, but it will be released to schools securely. So ASP will exist. So you'll be able to get your results on ASP as previously. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of the published public domain, no performance tables for primary schools uh, will be for secondary schools. Um, so the, the, the data from 2019 will still be there. Uh, but apparently the, the, the data this year, um, this academic year, it will be used for a Progress 8 baseline. Um, okay. So they will use it for Progress 8, but they won't use it for primary accountability measures uh, in the public domain, but they will be there in ASP and IDSR. So that's really interesting. It's kind of yes. a halfway house. Like, there isn't mm. any data. This year, there'll be data published, but only at, sort of for schools and for Ofsted, I assume. Mm. And then next year, be like the 2022-23 academic year, so the current year fives, they, they're, the plan is that you'll return to uh, performance tables then. I guess they just think, I don't, their the data won't be like reliable enough 
but we're going to use it for a progress measure baseline. Hmm. I guess I guess attainment wise, because progress is is a relative thing. It's okay, but hmm. attainment wise, it'll be maybe on the low side and won't look good. I don't know. Hmm. Don't know. We're fascinated. We'll put a link to that in the show notes um, uh, because again, see see how that rolls through school. But yep. again, uh, we wouldn't be expect uh, wouldn't be surprised to find other announcements this year. Oh. For all kinds of things. That's that's the, again the situation at time of recording. <laughs> things could change they'll scrap the reception baseline probably yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens excellent well very good to talk um uh, good to have you um on board everybody uh, until next time we hope that our discussions here have helped you decide what to do and best of luck and keep data busting <laughs>